Well, I am so pleased to introduce someone that I met actually just a few weeks ago, but I'm so impressed with his life, his example. We also met his wife, Heidi. Um, but uh, man, the two of them just have done incredible things. You're going to enjoy hearing his story. And I welcome uh, the Reverend Bob Fu. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Randy, for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Well, let me uh, just give a little more introduction about Bob. He's a former student leader during the Tiananmen Square democracy movement. Some of us remember that from 1989. And in 1993, he graduated with a law degree on international relations from Renmin University in China, uh, in Beijing, China. He was a faculty member at the Beijing Party School of the Chinese Communist Party, believe it or not, from 1993 to 96. But at the same time, he was also a house church leader in Beijing until he and his wife, Heidi, were imprisoned in 1996. And that uh, leads up to a book that we'll be talking about more. And you can't see it too well because of the way this thing is, but it's it's called God's Double Agent. And I'll explain that more later. Great book. Couldn't put it down. Um, anyhow, he a uh, little bit more about him. In 97, he was exiled to the United States. In 2002, he founded China Aid in Philadelphia to promote religious freedom and rule of law in China, which is much needed there still. He graduated with a PhD from St. John's College and University of Durham in the UK in the field of religious freedom. He's got two books. One of them I just mentioned, it's called God's Double Agent. It's a great book. It was published in 2013, actually here in Grand Rapids by Baker. And then he's got an academic book called The Politics of Inclusive Pluralism, published in 2021. He regularly testifies and briefs foreign policymakers and legislators on various issues, including religious freedom, foreign policy, national security, and the rule of law as well as refugee issues in the free world. He's received some awards, including the William Wilberforce Award by the Colson Center, 2020 and 2021, and 2022 received the Frank Wolf International Religious Freedom Award by the 21st Century Wilberforce Initiative. He consults with both the Heritage Foundation and Family Research Council on these issues and is a life member of the Council on Foreign Relations and editor-in-chief of the Chinese Law and Religious Monitor Journal. There's so much more we can say about you, Reverend Bob Fu, but uh, anyhow, Lord. so welcome to have you here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, thank you. So you've come through quite a lot. You you were imprisoned in China for, for why? Why did they imprison you, Bob? Well, Randy, uh, the Chinese Communist Party has been launching a war against the Christian faith. And uh, of course, so many other independent faiths, especially Christian faith. Um, I was a, a, a party uh, school uh, a professor teaching English in the Chinese Communist Party school uh, by Lord's humor. And uh, but the most of my time, I was uh, kind of uh, uh, ministering to the Chinese students, sharing the gospel and uh, building church and uh, established the underground seminary. And uh, the Communist Party 
cannot tolerate that. So in mm. 1996, that's why my wife Heidi and I were both imprisoned for being accused of illegal evangelism. Uh, because if you're not licensed by the Communist Party's Religious Affairs Bureau and the United Front Working Department, and uh, through their puppet organization called the TSPM, Three Self-Patriotic Moment, a political organization controlled totally by the CCP with a religious uniform, then you are called uh, illegal evangelists and subject for, from harassment to imprisonment. Wow. So we were thrown into jail for being accused of engaging in illegal religious activities, uh, such as uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that honestly is part of the reason during that period of time from 93 to 96, that's why your book's titled God's Double Agent. You were working technically with the Communist Party, but at the same time, you were a house church leader. You're kind of balancing both things, but you were 100% for Jesus, but you were allowed to have this other job um, but that didn't last much more, longer than three years. They found out about you, and so they, they imprisoned you. Now, was that just you, or is that generally going across all of China? I mean, does does the Chinese Communist Party, do they reject Christianity overall, even today, like they did back in you know, 1993 and 96? Yes, the CCP is a very staunching atheistic, military, militaristic, atheistic uh, communist party. Uh, they are uh, really antithesis of Christianity, a real Baltic, you know. They um, basically want to lift up themselves or their leader as a, a kind of God, and uh, they want to replace God. They want to control everything and every aspect of your life. And um, so the, uh, currently, the religious persecution against Christians has reached the worst since um, the Cultural Revolution of Chairman Mao 40 years ago. Hmm. We have seen really the CCP is even trying to uh, retranslate a new version of the Bible according to the communism doctrine. Wow. And um, yes, they already kind of uh, had some uh, sent some message through the textbook by porting, portraying Jesus is also a lawmaker, a murderer, uh, that, uh, you know, they reinterpret, uh, rephrase that uh, parable. Remember when the Pharisees uh, arrested uh, that uh, adulterer uh, woman and uh, then the story in the Bible, the, the true Bible, was, uh, you know, um, the Jesus, um, after everyone in the room walked out, and uh, Jesus declares forgiveness of that uh, woman committing adultery and uh, asked her to um, keep her purity and, um, you know, uh, in, 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 in the Lord. and uh, But the communist interpretation in their textbook is that Jesus healed that woman and declared himself as a, a, a criminal, uh, a, a lawbreaker, as uh, in their textbook. 
Wow. And then we would not even tolerate the Ten Commandments. And guess what? Which commandment uh, Xi Jinping, the communist leader uh, currently, is uh, really uh, offended? The first commandment. So he wants to replace God in every aspect of life, including what to preach and where to preach and how to preach. And the beginning of every government sanctioned church service, you have to sing the Communist Party's national anthem uh, before you can read the scripture. Wow. And you have to put the broadcast of Xi Jinping's uh, propaganda in the center of the pulpit before the pastor has to deliver the watered-down communist uh, version of the so-called preaching. And uh, you have to raise the communist flag uh, in every church park, uh, parking lot. And uh, so this is uh, going on and on. Millions of Chinese children, uh, Christian children, for the first time since the Chairman Mao's Cultural Revolution, are now forced to sign a Communist Party's uh, prepared uh, a, a declaration, uh, basically to renounce their faith in public, in front of their teachers, the students, and their parents. Wow. Otherwise, their parents will lose their job, their pension, and the, even their grandparents are implied. Mm. So China, Chinese Communist Party uh, has, uh, under the leadership of this uh, dictator Xi Jinping, is uh, launching a very serious war against God. But, you know, um, the history and the resurrection of Christ has already shown good luck, you know, and nobody from Nero to, you know, uh, the Stalin to uh, Chairman Mao to everybody you know, the, 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 the uh, Egyptian pharaohs um, have right. any one of them succeeded in the history, history of the war against God. That's right. Church. You know, I, I found it interesting in your book that uh, when after you were arrested, that one thing they even brought forth to your attention, Romans 13, where it talks about government and that we're supposed to obey government. And so they even quoted from the Bible, from Romans 13, that, you know, you got to obey your government. What, what do you say? In fact, there's some American Christian leaders that say, you know, if the government tells you to do something, the Bible says we're supposed to always obey government. How do you respond to that, Bob? Yes, um, my response is uh, the Romans 13 has to be read with the context of the uh, book of Acts, when That's Peter right. was forbidden to preach the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, did Peter said, uh, yes, amen, I obey the government. I, I am going to be silent at a moratorium of sharing the good news. Right. No, That's... he said, you know, yeah. to obey God rather than man in this That's context. Right is a biblical mandate. And uh, if, ironically, if the government really seriously considering themselves, their authority comes from the God that they mentioned, then they need to really submit to God first. Oh, yeah. And if uh, the communist authority try to replace God, 
try to plead as God, then there, that mandate of submission that's automatically right. becomes invalid. That's, that's really good. In fact, I'm looking at uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. It says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. When government does the opposite, when they punish those that do right and commend those that do wrong, they are not under God's authority that way. And that's why that's right. you point out in Acts, the early apostle says, guys, you figure it out. Do we obey you or do we obey God? Because God has commanded us to share the gospel. So when government tells you to do something contrary to what God is saying, government is not speaking for God. And we need to obey God, even if it means punishment. And uh, that certainly has happened to you, to your wife. But to, to how many, would you say millions of people? Yeah, I mean, China? there millions of Chinese Christians are right now suffering the worst we have not seen in 40 years. Wow. But we have seen the Communist Party took extreme measures by criminalizing mm -hmm. the tithing and offering. So many pastors in recent uh, months have been arrested. Some were already sentenced to three years, four years imprisonment for putting an offering box in the uh, middle of their church. That's called the business fraud. And um, really, July 21st, 12 uh, famous Chinese house church leaders are going to be tried for the first time since their arbitrary arrest mm. two years ago uh, for the same charge of business fraud. And uh, the only piece of evidence the Chinese prosecutor uh, presented to the communist court was their collection of offering and tithing. And they even tortured Christian believers who made the offering and, and uh, tithing uh, into a false confession and said, uh, oh, they were led to believe they need to donate. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it, it's, it's just a, a horrible practice. As you just mentioned in First Peter, when the government is punishing good, yes. reward evil, they lost the mandate. And we have seen, you know, my good brother, a Chinese-American pastor from North Carolina, John Cao, C-A-O, that's his last name. He married with a Caucasian uh, American uh, missionary and they Jamie Powell some uh, 30, 40, 40 years ago. And the, he came to the U.S. and uh, he could easily just uh, start his American dream by living a, a good, relaxed life. But he chose to go back to China uh, to spend six months every year sharing the gospel. And then a few years ago, he was uh, lured back to China from Burma after he set up uh, 16 schools for 2,000 Burmese, I mean, uh, the, the Kachin minority children in the mountain area. And uh, all the 2,000 children had come to Christ after one year at his school. And uh, Satan is very jealous, of course, of that. 
So he was lured back and sentenced to seven years imprisonment for doing good. Unbelievable. So that is the nature of the CCP. Oh, that is so sad. But here's the interesting thing to me, is that despite the persecution, and even as it increases and has increased, as you said, over the last number of years, I've got a chart that shows the size of the number of Christians in China. Let me just share that if I could a minute here. Can you see this chart? Yes. Oh, thank you for making this uh, uh, visible. It is uh, put by even a very renowned sociologist from uh, Purdue University. Uh-huh. And after a very thorough investigation and research and survey, I mean, look at that, you know, by um, 20, uh, you know, by 2011, you have seen over 65 or close to 65 million. And right now, you know, uh, 2010, I mean, it's already 20, uh, 23. I mean, you can yeah. see from the chart, you know, so by 2010, the number of Chinese Christians has already reached to over 100 million. You know, when the Communist Party took power, you saw in 1949, the number of Chinese Christians was barely uh, uh, really 700,000 Christians, less than a million. And now many estimate the number should have already reached to over 130 million. Wow. So God is, uh, you know, in a very biblical sense, it's very humorous, and he's mocking these persecutors, and uh, he's laughing at them. He said, now, now, what, what's, what's amazing about that, Bob, is that that's China. In fact, if the trend continues, there will be more Christians in China than in America in the coming years, because the American church has been, has been in decline, even though we're free and have minimal persecution. Why do you think that is? Why is the church grown in China with all the opposition from the government that it's had? Well, what's been the reason for that? It reminds me the uh, book of Timothy basically, you know, says uh, if, uh, you know, anyone, I mean, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted. That's right? two That's two so, Timothy 3.12. 2 Timothy 3.12. Yeah, yeah, Timothy, yeah. Yeah, go 312, ahead. 3.12. Yes. So if any, I mean, anyone, it does not say only Chinese or North Korean Christians or Nigerian Christians. And, uh, and also remember, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. So persecution comes after you want you are following the life of Christ and following the path of the cross. I think uh, one thing the Western free churches is a uh, uh, lack of is uh, I think the understanding and the willingness to experience and suffering for Christ mm. and uh, to take the path of the cross. Without suffering, there's no resurrection. Without crucifixion, there is no new life. That's right. So, I mean, the book of Hebrews, right? I mean, you and I are pastors. I don't need to preach to the choir. But, you know, if uh, the Son of God has to go through the Golgotha, 
the cross, the crucifixion, the, the most severe persecution. How about ours? So that's why in the book of Philippians, I think uh, chapter 1, verse 29, uh, Paul says, from his prison, said, it is a privilege from my brothers and sisters, we're not only granted to believe in Christ, yes. but also to suffer for him. Wow. I think uh, what uh, the founder of uh, Voice of Martyrs, um, Richard Broombrad, yes. has said so true that uh, he called sophrology. The theology of suffering is not a selective course. It is a must-taken course for every Christian. That's I think uh, once you have the the, the 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 really, I think the normal Christian life uh, is to willing uh, not try to avoid suffering. I mean, in the Western church, I mean, in Western society in general, we want to build a pain-free, yeah. suffer-free life. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the message in the pulpit is much more massaging. And make uh, really human-centered, make the sinners happy, yes. and make you feel more comfortable, make you right. feel feel good. Yeah. So Christ's message has never made uh, intended to make people, the sinners, feel good. Yeah. It's, it's always like very convicting, challenging. He's talking about uh, we, you know, the the wrath of uh, our God is uh, always on. Like the Book of Romans said, always on the whole creation after the fall, yeah. and uh, yet you have the good news, and we need to, you know, repent and following Jesus and under His uh, crucifixion, the suffering, and I think um, once you are tested with the resurrected life and through the suffering. Then the Gentiles, I mean, that's the power of the gospel. Even many prison guards, even the torturers, yes. even Thomas Party Faithful had come to Christ when those Chinese Christians were learning their prison theology or sophrology in their prison labor camps. And that's the secret of revival. And because when you are demonstrating living a godly life in Christ Jesus, it is Christ's name who attract new believers, who are, uh, you know, who uh, through the Holy Spirit and convert. It's not, you know, the techniques, and no matter how many techniques yeah. in your church you are learning, uh, and uh, as long as uh, you're not following the path of the cross, and how could you revive the church? Like uh, the book of Acts started, right? In, from Jerusalem, when the persecution came, I mean, they're not just to say, okay, let me uh, find some painkillers, uh, let me uh, get some marijuana, yes. let me get some massage and uh, make me feel good about it, hiding in the basement yeah. and, uh, yeah, obeying the authority of the Romans and uh, keep silent. Yeah, and I think, uh, unfortunately, in many parts of the church, especially the past three years during this uh, uh, crazy CCP virus COVID time, I think uh, many churches failed that test. But uh, I'm glad some churches chose to stand up for the Lord. And they know that uh, after suffering for Christ, I mean, despite the government coercion, attempted, you know, 
persecution even to some churches, I think um, the God is uh, reviving his church. You know what? You, you, that's well said. In your book, before you went to, to prison or jail, a pastor said you need to learn prison theology. And you say, well, what does mm -hmm. that mean? He said, you need to learn this, quote, in prison, you find out more about God and his faithfulness than anywhere else. Jail is where God prepares his church in China. I mean, that is a mind blower, especially to us American Christians. But it, it is just so true is, you know, God, like you said, what people, what the torturers see, what the jailers see when they see a Christian loving them back and enduring the pain, they, they say, this must be real. This ha I mean, why would somebody do this? And so they, because everybody, apart from God, our lives are, are empty. You know, it was St. Augustine who said that our hearts are restless till they find their rest in him. And that's true Amen. for everyone that doesn't have Jesus. So they see this rest in these people who are being tortured and imprisoned, and they say it must be real. And so they give their lives to Christ. But in a, in a country like America, what does it mean to be a Christian? Oh, we're nice. We go to church every once in a while. We pay our bills. And that's about it. And, uh, and so there's not that great message that's given through from life to life to the people around us. So that is, that's excellent. So I guess the question, so you formed a ministry um, that, that uh, you, you have, have called, um, I'm looking for it, China, China Aid. And uh, now you're based in, in Texas, but uh, what does China Aid do? And how can our people that are watching this video and listening to the podcast, how can they help uh, what you're doing at China Aid? Thank you, Randy, for asking uh, that. So China Aid was established in 2002 with a mission to walk with the persecuted brothers and sisters by exposing the persecution and by encouraging those who are persecuted by equipping the leaders with biblical worldview and uh, the rule of law trainings. So our mission is to really advance the, uh, the uh, religious freedom for all and rule of all in China. So um, over the years, uh, we just um, uh, being used as a, a small vehicle at ChinaAid.org uh, to uh, help uh, provide a timely support for those family prisoners, those prisoners themselves, mm -hmm. and financially, and uh, also um, biblically. And we also provide uh, trainings and, uh, of course, uh, being their voice um, for those voiceless brothers and sisters in the free world. So that's our uh, core mission. Okay. For those who want to support us, um, you can certainly, you know, log on chinaaid.org okay. and uh, you can uh, sign on our e-newsletter. At least, you know, before you pray, you need to know exactly what you are praying for and who mm -hmm. you are praying for. Those brothers and sisters who are imprisoned and suffering, you know, eight years, 10 years, uh, 12 
12 years and uh, 12, uh, 14 years imprisonment. Mm -hmm. And some are facing more years right now, as I'm just mentioning, to pray, not just, uh, you know, pray for their freedom, technically, yes. yep. uh, really to pray for perseverance that yes. they can continue to stand firm on the rock of Jesus, even divided yep. in the middle of the persecution and torture, so they can bear the living witness of the faithfulness of God and uh, of Lord Jesus. And many would come to Christ even in prison. And, uh, you know, even some government-sanctioned church pastors who were persecuted in the past few years due to their resistance of uh, the President Xi Jinping's forced uh, um, demolition of crosses campaign. And um, they have uh, shared the gospel in prison, and their church, I mean, they left first uh, the government-sanctioned church, and they have established their own mission, wow. uh, have come to really to the point there is a big revival right now. So in the sense, you know, every uh, created being is uh, a God's servant. Yes. Uh, uh, wittingly, wittingly, or, you know, unwittingly. That's right. Even, He's sovereign. He is sovereign. Yeah, even Nebuchadnezzar, right? That's right. God's called him a servant. I think uh, C.J. Jinping. In the end, may be proved to be a more faithful servant to a God's church growth, uh, in the opposite way, of course, uh, uh, than many others. Uh, so we also, the house church has been um, asking prayer uh, for the salvation for uh, this uh, tyrant, uh, tyrant uh, yes. dictator, Jim Beam, and yes. uh, because uh, they said, "Okay, now God gave us some burden every Sunday." We have to watch him. We have to see his picture on the pulpit of the church. So give us more burden to pray for his repentance, That's for his salvation. That's well. Christ. That's good. And uh, the forgiveness and the love of Christ. That's good. Really is the secret weapon for the revival. That's good. So again, for for those listening and watching, China Aid. That's one word. China A I D dot o r g. ChinaAid.org. You can learn more about it and you can, I'm sure you'll take the donations and the prayer as you were describing. Yes. So important. Well, we're so proud of what you're doing there. Um, well, let's turn back to looking at America. Do you have any hope for America to be able, the American church to begin to, to, to get a, a, a stronger back, you might say, and be willing to be all in with Jesus? Like, our Chinese brothers and sisters are. Do you have hope for our country now that you've been living here for a number of years? Yes, I do have hope. On you know, we fix our hope on Jesus, right? And I think uh, the the love of Christ has been, uh, you know, demonstrated uh, um, throughout uh, um, the, the the centuries of, uh, of generosity and love. Um, of American and American churches. I think um, the gospel of Jesus um, through American missionaries had been mm -hmm. really a tremendous uh, a blessing. And uh, my wife and I, and many Chinese, had uh, been the spiritual fruits of American Christian teachers uh, or missionaries uh, uh, in China. And now all of them were kicked out due to the recent persecution. And I think... Um, 
uh, even in the past few years, as I just mentioned, like uh, you know, Pastor John MacArthur and many others who are uh, chosen, uh, I mean, who made a choice uh, to live a godly life in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. by leaving the church, not uh, giving up, not giving in to the demand of Caesar, the little emperor from their state governorship to the little mayor, I mean, ordering their church to mm-hmm. do this, to do that, and not to do this. And so they are waiting to suffer for Christ, for righteous sake. I think uh, the Lord um, is showing his blessing in American church I uh, this way. I just hope, yes, um, you know, we're not praying for avoiding the discrimination, avoiding the disinformation, avoiding the persecution uh, in the West. And I think uh, our prayer should be, how can we uh, still be faithful, more faithful to the Lord in the middle of all this uh, political correctness, wokeism, cancel culture, you know. All this ideology has a spiritual target. They're targeting those who live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Yes. If you don't do, do that, continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, be a faithful witness. I mean, the witness, as you and I know, yes. carry the, uh, it, it is uh, the, 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 uh, the Greek version of martyr, right? Martyrdom. Yep. yep. So if we are willing uh, to be a living martyr, living witness for Christ, our church, our society, our culture will be renewed and resurrected. And I think we still have a lot of hope. Yes. I just uh, want to encourage our brothers and sisters in America to not lose heart, to not lose hope, and uh, continue to follow the biblical teaching Amen. and the path of Jesus. Amen. Well, that is our encouragement. We know at the end of the day, Jesus does win totally, but we want to be in with him. He gave everything to us. He did not have to leave heaven and come down and and die that painful death, but he did that because of love. And the the least we could do is say, Lord, use me any way you want. So thank you, Bob. Thank you. you Would you close us in prayer, please? Pretty my privilege. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, uh, time with uh, um, Pastor Randy. For Thank you for his faithful ministry of the Word and your church and um, with the biblical teaching mm. everywhere now through this platform. I pray that you continue to strengthen your church, um, the body of Christ uh, in those suffering areas in China, Nigeria, North Korea, Iran, many others. And may you also bring the same spirit of uh, the um, defiance uh, of those uh, who persecute them uh, with the, the love and forgiveness uh, and import, I mean, impute into the uh, the churches in the free world and in America, in other parts of the world, Lord, and may you give them this endurance and uh, perseverance even in the middle of uh, those uh, uh, chaotic uh, ideological cultural wars and make them uh, Christ-centered and focused on the name of Jesus and your kingdom alone 
and not the partisan politics and not the ideological war, but the war with Jesus, because we know you have won the victory by declaring finished on the cross and, uh, and carry that, Lord, you will uh, continue to have a victorious church in America and uh, give uh, uh, our brothers and sisters in America uh, 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 more, uh, 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 strong, a much stronger uh, standing uh, to those uh, who try to intimidate them and let them continue to proclaim the name of Jesus boldly mm-hmm. and, uh, and joyfully yes. and uh, patiently. Yes. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, Amen. Bob, thank you so much. So proud of you and so thankful for you, brother. Uh, just thank for you. your life. You've, you've just, you're such a great inspiration to so many of us. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Lord bless you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.